In an attempt to lessen our workloads, episodes of Rerun Shuffle have been pre-recorded. This particular episode is recorded on March 24th, 2022. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle and take a fresh look at Comfort TV. Uh, my name is Tim Nacy. I'm the multimedia editor here at Viewpoints. Uh, I'm a podcaster, and I'm a journalism student with a focus on pop culture and film. Hello, everybody. I am Leo Cabral. I am the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints. This is your Riverside City College news publication. Uh, we have printed issues all out around the campus, so if you see those orange boxes, please pick them up. We know you see them. We, they're <laughs> bright orange. Bright orange. Just look down, and you'll see them. Uh, I use they-them pronouns, and I am a queer, trans, and non-binary multimedia journalist. All right, so let's uh, let's launch right into it, because uh, this the show we're talking about this week is one of my like personal all-time favorites. I discovered it in high school and I've been like obsessed with it ever since because like the humor is really really like I really vibe with the sense of humor it's good it's real good um but really quick before we get into that Leo what have you been watching lately you got me like I said last last week uh I'm now watching Mau Mau Heroes of Pure Heart and I'm about halfway through the season at this moment I'm in like 20 episode 21 22 um I just gotta say I love it I'm loving it it's so cute um Mau Mau is my baby and so is Adora about. Uh, I just want to say they do eventually explain Orangus Snake's origins, and it's related to Mau Mau and Bao Bao. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I haven't got, yeah, I haven't quite gotten to that one yet. But um, but yeah, I just I love that show. I, I I really don't understand how it's not like a bigger deal in animation circles. Yeah, no, totally. Because as soon as I started watching, it, I was like, how how did I miss this? How did this fly under my radar? It's on. A, yeah, it's 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 got like a pretty good like cult going because if you go on Etsy or on um on Etsy or Redbubble or whatever. You can find Mao Mao stuff. I Red mean, bubble. you have to sift through a lot of um, Mao Zedong stuff, but oh, <laughs> right, I forgot about. <laughs> like, I I don't I who I I don't understand who these people are who are buying Chairman Mao um, Chairman Mao T-shirts and stickers from from Etsy, but um. I can think of a few. <laughs> I'm very confused, but yeah, occasionally, but but you are able to find like some good like Mau Mau like um, t-shirts and stickers and stuff. Cool. Uh, I didn't even think about that because I love, as you can see, my my laptop is covered in stickers. I I love getting stickers, so I didn't even consider that. So I might hop onto Redbubble and look for some Mau Mau content. There's lots of it. Yeah. Yay. But um, that's it for me because I've been really busy with college and the newsroom. Uh, what have you been watching, Tim? Um, I actually I apologize, listeners, if I've already <laughs> talked about the show. I legitimately, I've, I've talked about so much pop culture on, like, on between the two podcasts that I've done recently mm-hmm. um, that I actually can't remember if I've talked about it. If I, talked about it. I know I talked about this on the other show, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I've talked about it on this one. So I, you know what? I apologize, everybody, if I already talked about it, but I'm going to talk about it again if I have. Um, there's a show on Apple Plus that is another one of my. Uh, I feel I feel it's kind of underrated. I mean, it's I, I it's doing well. It's doing good enough business, I assume, because it's it actually just got a few months ago. I think it got uh, it got renewed for two more seasons. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't really hear it talked about too much. Um, it's called Mythic Quest. Um, it's one of my like I said, it's one of my favorite shows that I don't hear talked about very often. Uh, it's a workplace sitcom that follows the dev team of a world. Of Warcraft style MMORPG um, that is led by the game's creative director uh, Ian Grimm, who's played by Rob McElhenney, and its uh, head coder Poppy Lee, who's played by Charlotte McDowell. And it's about the various ways that they butt heads in terms of like, because he's got he's got he's got a giant ego, and she wants to prove herself. Mm. And there's just this whole yeah, there's this whole like interplay between them. 
that's a classic dynamic right there. Uh, there's there's all kinds of different. The, the cast is the cast is amazing on this show. Um, other characters include uh, the executive producer. Uh, his name's uh, David Brittlesby. He's played by uh, David Hornsby, who uh, you might recognize, who always signing the Philadelphia fans will recognize. Rickety Cricket. He's one of the main characters in the show. Uh, the head of monetization, Brad Bakshi, who's played by Danny Pudi from Community, playing a totally different kind of character than they did on Community. Oh, that's cool. And uh, it also follows uh, two testers who have kind of like a romantic thing going. Uh, Dana, who's played by Imani Hakim. You might recognize her as uh, Tanya from Everybody Hates Chris. And Rachel, who's played by Ashley Birch. My wife. I actually I actually don't know if I've ever, before Mythic Quest, I don't know if I've seen her like on any like TV shows or movies like in live action. I know, I know, I know she had her web series with her brother, but mm-hmm. I don't. I, I know. I know she does a lot of voice acting. No, yeah. The the YouTube is how she got started on Hey Ash, what you playing? And um, from there, she started getting like a lot of voice acting uh, gigs. She's been on Adventure Time. She's been on Steven Universe. She's been in uh, obviously Borderlands. Because... Borderlands, Horizon Zero Dawn. And she's mm. she's Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn. How could I forget? That's my favorite. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I just go crazy over Ashley Birch. Like my gay truly comes out for Ashley Birch. It's it's it, she's she's the, yeah she's especially really good in the show. One of my favorite characters. Yeah, she, she like I I I really wouldn't have guessed how well she would vibe with the kind of it's always sunny Philadelphia kind of humor that the show has. Because by the way, everybody, it's it's um it's created by it's created by um, Rob McElhenney, Charlie Day, David Hornsby, and uh, Megan Gans, who are all very heavy creative forces in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So the show kind of plays like this weird chemical reaction between like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and like Parks and Rec. Okay. It's got this. Um, it's it, 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 the edges are softer than It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm. but they are also a little bit harder than they are in Parks and Rec. You know, there's a little bit of a there's 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 just kind of like this balance in between. It's a very very interesting tone, and they do some really strange things creatively. I sometimes have problems with the <laughs> the, the, the the way they go, but I always appreciate a swing, and this show swings for it. Okay. But um, yeah, if you have if you have access to Apple Plus. I definitely suggest it's an Apple Plus original. I definitely would suggest giving this show a shot. It's a really, really, it's a really funny sitcom, and it's gonna be around for a little while. Two, it, it got, it got, it got two more seasons. So I'm hoping that it's doing good enough business so that now they can, you know, get more episodes or maybe some specials in between. Because that was actually, because, because that, because that actually is one of my issues is that um, every season they do at least one or full for the past two seasons. It can't, it can't be a pattern yet because there's not three seasons. Um, <laughs> After three, it's a pattern. <laughs> but both of these, um, but both seasons have had at least one uh, digression episode that kind of did that kind of it, it, it's basically like the sort of like more or less self-contained like indie movie like in like that kind of right. takes place in the video game space mm-hmm. uh, season one has an episode called dark quiet death it's about a, it's about a, it's about um it's about this couple who starts a game company a video game it's like a, it's like this alone in the dark kind of survival horror game it takes place in the 90s by the way um called dark quiet death where basically the idea is you're in this like you're in this i think it's like a mansion or something or this castle and all you have is a Same flashlight thing. being stalked by monsters and eventually the monster is going to get you you have no way to defend yourself and that's kind of it's, it's it's like this it's like this crazy artistic expression of like the inevitability of death because it's the oh. 90s and everyone feels miserable all the time oh my god i love it follows <laughs> just kidding <laughs> uh but yeah so they have that one and then the and then the other one is a period piece in the 70s that follows one of the main characters on the show um I actually didn't mention uh, F. Murray Abraham, who plays uh, C.W. Longbottom, who is the uh, who is the writer for the game, and he is so funny in the show. Like he like he's he's a, he's a don't get me wrong, he's a monster. He he, he is he's he's like the most deeply inappropriate human being who ever lived. Right. Um, less self aware than Pierce from Community. 
Um, Yikes, he's, that's saying he's, a lot. He's, he's out of hand, but my God. Um, F. Murray Abraham sells it. He's it's it, it's 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 such a funny show, just in general. Uh, I but it. yeah, but my issue, I actually just going back real quick. Um, my issue was that um, the show kind of the, the the show will take and it'll take episodes out of their very limited, you know, their very limited um, season orders. You know, right. it, it's 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 a streaming show. Those typically these days only tend to get ten. They used to get thirteen, but now it's down to ten. Bigger budgets, you know, mm. it, it's just this weird balance. But um, yeah, they 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 take these episodes out of the out of the series so i i was i was very frustrated because i i I binged season one and then i watched season two week to week and i got very frustrated because the digression episode was a two-parter actually there was Uh. there was there was a period piece episode and then it got back to uh f marie abraham playing cw longbottom for a follow-up to that to that um to that to that flashback episode and it was good it's very well done but i but all i could think was you know i i i came here though because i'm I'm watching a sitcom when i come back to a sitcom i want to live in the world of the sitcom i want to go visit the mythic quest offices for, yeah. for for half an hour mm-hmm. but we're doing something else and then we're doing something else again and that frustrated me a little bit you know i think one way they could have gotten around that is um how euphoria did uh, after its first season it had two separate episodes one that focused on the main character rue and then one that focused solely on the character on the on rue's love interest jules i feel like that's one way you can get away with digression episodes like that is like after the fact do a like do like a special or two and just and then move on to the next season yeah they, they actually kind of did that with the show because there, oh. there actually are there actually are two specials um okay. between seasons uh one of them was a quarantine special oh it was actually oh. it was actually it was actually a yeah so they did they, they, they did a zoom episode everybody was very fond of the zoom episode it's actually oh, that's it's cool it's actually pretty good but yeah it's i i was actually a big fan they did this they did the yeah they did, they did a Zoom episode and then they did this kind of like special big budget episode called Everlight which is there's this in holiday in holiday game I don't want to get too into the backstory on that one there's a, there's a whole thing Anthony Hopkins explains it to you at the beginning of the episode that, um, oh my God you said Everlight and I thought you were gonna start talking about that one show I talked about um the, uh, Vox Machina the Legend of Vox Machina that's based off of um those 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 D and Ders. Oh no! Yeah, so yeah. yeah no. I was like Everlight, but no, sorry. Uh, go on. But yeah, it's it's like this. It's like this sort of um. It's like this sort of New Year's party that they have. Um, it's it's it. Everlight is an in hol- is is, a, is an in game holiday in Mythic mm-hmm. Quest. Oh. And the and then and, and, and like and like the people who work at Mythic Quest kind of celebrate. Like they they decorate the office in like a this, this sort of like fantasy kind of aesthetic. Okay. And they have like this and they have a LARP tournament. sounds it looks really cool and really fun and really supportive. It was a really. It's it, 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 it's a really fun episode, um, and then and then um, so so they do have specials here and there, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah they still they still did that two parter that two parter thing which really has nothing to do with the actual plot of the the actual plot of the season and it got kind of gets a little frustrating. Um, I kind of I kind of hope that in the future they'll do like what Ted Lasso does on 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 Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean Ted Lasso is honestly kind of god in Apple Plus. It's <laughs> like it's it's it it really is like their flagship property right now. Like it it it, it, it took home a million Emmys and so many people watch it from hmm. so many different kinds of backgrounds. Even people like me who don't care about sports. It's a very good show, by the way. Ted Lasso. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. Yeah, but I think it was in the first our first season. Ted, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is excellent. Um, but. Season two of Ted Lasso, uh, they they just they just expanded the episode order. There's two. There's a Christmas. There's a Christmas special, which is just the most bizarre thing because the the season aired in August. Oh, so Christmas a, in August. Just a Christmas special out of nowhere. In August, okay, cool. And then and then there's an episode that's actually it's an homage to uh, Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Ooh, 
okay. Which I I love that movie. I've um I've 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 caught some crap from our advisor Matt for that being my favorite my favorite Scorsese, Scorsese movie. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, I, it's not that I don't like Goodfellas or Casino or Taxi Driver or King of Comedy. There's a million Scorsese movies that I love, but. After Hours is just my vibe. I love that movie. <sighs> Why are people just... How can that be your favorite movie? Hey, how can that be your favorite movie? Oh, yeah, you're you're in the hot seat now. Yeah. <laughs> just flip it around on people. That's what I love to do. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, my belly aching aside of uh, the way the way season two is handled, and it, it also kind of feels, too, at the end of the season, that there's this, there's this big uh, relationship conflict between two characters that kind of gets glossed over because they lost two episodes, and it uh. just feels a little bit... Yeah, I just... Uh, it's a... Dang. It's a little bit of a bummer, but Mythic Quest is definitely one of the best like workplace sitcoms we have out right, out, out right now, and I really recommend you give it a shot. All right, so that actually makes I wanted to do mine second because uh, I because yeah, this as you as you can tell from the title of the episode, uh, we are talking about a show from the same creative team, their original flagship show. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Woohoo! Uh, so, did a little, little bit of background on that show. Um, I keep picking shows that have like weird that that, that exist in weird states. Um, so, it's always sunny in Philadelphia premiered on FX in 2005, mm-hmm. where it ran until 2012. At which point, FX decided to splinter off to like these sister networks, um, FXM, which is FX Movies, um, and then FXX. I I don't know why they did that. <laughs> But extra, extra large. I, 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 I guess. I, <laughs> I, I, I know the main reason I got FXX was because that was where The Simpsons was going to be in reruns. Ah, it was going to okay. be the only, yeah. So for a little while there, before uh, Disney acquired them, it was the only way you could watch all the Simpsons episodes was through the FX Now app. Oh, so okay. I wanted FXX. <laughs> I, I know a couple of sites where you can watch those regardless. Ah, true, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it was just easier to be. Like, I wanted to watch one on my TV, and everything. Right. I didn't want to like have to hook up my laptop every time. And, yeah, it was this whole thing. That is a whole issue. That, that's yeah. funny. That you, you named my entire issue right there. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So Sunny moved from so in 2012, uh, or with, uh, after the season ended, after the season wrapped on FX in 2012, the announcement was made that it was going to move in its following season in 2013 to FXX, where it has been running ever since. They actually just wrapped a season uh, maybe five, six months ago. Oh, with this I big, with this big, this big, yeah, this big, like, four or five episode arc where they go to Ireland. That's funny. I can't so, wait for that. It stars uh, Charlie Day, Glenn Howerton, Rob McElhenney, Caitlin Olsen, and the immortal Danny DeVito. My grandfather. Uh, it's a sitcom that centers on the owners, Andy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> of, yeah. Of Patty's Irish Pub in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Char- Charlie, Mac, uh, Dennis, and Frank all have stakes in the bar, and Dee's just like the waitress. Yeah, <laughs> it's a shame. Poor Dee. Always that's that's the that's the case with with that's the that's the d- dynamic. It's the gang and Dee. It's this and Dee. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically, the way the show goes, they are selfish, they're ignorant, they're stubborn, they're childish. In short, they are like the worst people you have ever met in your entire life. Truly. Uh, the show is primarily a South Park style uh, uh, satire of society as a whole, uh, and it uses this horrible group of people as like a microcosm <laughs> for various issues. Um, I honestly would argue that this show is a little bit is, is it has a little bit of a harder edge than South Park because South Park usually has like a voice of reason, somebody to let the audience like there's all this absurd behavior going on but South Park usually has somebody who 
you know, is the smart one. Somebody who can see through the looking glass and knows, okay, this is absurd behavior. And mm -hmm. so that way they can tell the audience, yes, we know this is weird behavior. Sunny does not have that most of the time. Yeah. Um, it is an unwinking satire. <laughs> like it, it does, it does not let you like, like it, it does not explicitly let you know <laughs> that they are in on the joke. So yeah, to somebody who is uninitiated, it could definitely seem as though this show approves of the behavior because the characters tend not to be too harshly punished for their behavior. I mean, well, they're li well. Yeah, I, 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 I've talked about this before. Yeah, their, their lives kind of, their lives get progressively worse, but they don't notice because they're true. so wrapped up in themselves. <laughs> they're so unaware yet so self-centered. Yeah, so they just don't, yeah. So it's, it's a very, it, it can be a little bit hard to swallow this show. It, it's, it's, very, it's very harsh. It's, it has a very unblinking sense of humor and it has a tendency to, yeah, it, it satirizes by emulation. And if you're not hip to it, certain episodes might look like they condone this behavior. Mm -hmm. It's very, yeah, it, it's a show. Just, just, to, just to wrap it up in case you, in case you haven't really ever seen it. Uh, the first season, uh, the first season's DVD box, um, a critic, one critic referred to it as the anti-friends. Okay. And another one referred to it as Seinfeld on crack. <laughs> Cause like, I can see that. It, it's it's very yeah like 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 honestly yeah, the, the the show does kind of play early on like like Seinfeld and like its eighth and ninth seasons, mm -hmm. but as the show goes on, they get worse and they get more cartoonish and the sense of humor definitely begins to diverge a little bit. It just becomes so absurd. Um, and yeah, those are both very valid ways to describe this show. Yes. <laughs> so the episode that we're gonna be talking about today uh, is season four, episode ten. Sweet D has a heart attack. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Sweet Baby D, like Sweet Baby Rays. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. It's weird that like the titles, um, the ti the titles always refer to as refer to her as Sweet D, but they stop calling her Sweet D like pretty early on. So like so like the yeah it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the, the the meta narrative of the show has its own existence outside of the show oh itself. It's really odd. Uh, so we pick up at seven o'clock p.m. on a Monday. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, every episode starts with these black title cards that just show you show you when the episode starts, on what day of the week, and where. Usually, it's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, except for one time when it was Ireland. Right. <laughs> uh, so we open. So yeah, we open to those usual, those usual black title cards, and uh, we hear a bubbling sound, <laughs> which is revealed to be Frank Reynolds, played by Danny DeVito, smoking out of a bong. <laughs> It's a it's a cute bong. It's adorable. <laughs> it's it's funky looking. It's huge. It is huge. It makes up half his body. I just love the way he's he's on a bar stool and he's got like <laughs> he's got like one of his legs like really stiffly up on like braced up against like the I guess the bar is like sticking out. <laughs> it always kills me the way he's sitting. So his uh, his son Dennis Reynolds, uh, played by Glenn Howerton, um, his friend Ronald McDonald, aka Mac. I always forget he's Ronald McDonald. He's Ronald McDonald. I yeah. forget every time. <laughs> uh, Mac is played by Rob McElhenney, and Charlie Kelly, played by Charlie Day, are sitting just at rapt attention, fascinated and amused as Frank becomes more and more under the influence of the weed <laughs> smoking. So while Frank asks for digital hoagies and ponders the <laughs> possible presence of pigeons in the bar, uh, Deandra Reynolds, a.k.a. D, or Sweet D, as this is how it refers to her, mm -hmm. uh, played by Caitlin Olsen, um, is beginning to feel off. Her equilibrium seems to be generally off, and uh, her arm is feeling kind of numb. The guys totally blow her off as she asks for help before <laughs> she collapses. And I love that they, 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 they turn around, and Tess is like, God, what is her problem? <laughs> They're like, I don't know. And then they just <laughs> go back to asking Frank <laughs> questions. 
So after the theme song, uh, the gang is gathered around Dee's bed at a nearby hospital where it's verbally confirmed. Although, I mean, there's really no reason to doubt it. The title cards are omnipotent. Right. Uh, that Dee has indeed had a heart attack. Poor uh, Dee. She begins to tell them about her condition, but they blow her off yet again. Um, Mac remarks that it's time it's time to move on to us, the people who are going to live on. <laughs> uh, Dennis, being her twin brother, is uh, is concerned because they share genes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, probably more directly than even other kinds of siblings because they're twins. Exactly. Um, not that I'm saying he's right here. I'm just saying, hey, I can, I can see the general angle that he's coming from. Yeah, you mean twins tend to share very similar DNA. They don't do do identical DNA, do they? Um, I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> Are identical twins de- identical down to the DNA? I nah, I'm, I I'm, I'm not a scientist. I Neither am, am I. I'm a pop culture critic. But you know, <laughs> but you know okay, aside from that, <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, um, no, yeah, because, you know, regular siblings, not twin siblings, you would, you know, you would have to worry, you would have to consider, like, oh, yeah, we do have, like, this in our family history, but twins, like, y'all came out at the same time. Y'all came out together. Like you might, you might, you might get, you might suffer together. You might get a heart attack together. It's possible. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mac and Charlie are also afraid of heart problems due to the very rock and roll lifestyle they live. Oh my god! Yeah, it's so <laughs> rock and roll. <laughs> uh, Dee's doctor arrives. Uh, she interrupts to inquire about payments. Uh, Frank then arrives afterward, having checked himself in for a full body scan. His this is his fa- this is this is her father, everybody. Um, he's also he's really enjoying he's really enjoying uh, the fact that the hospital gown lets your ass breathe. <laughs> and he does like and he does a little and he does a little does a little twirl to reveal that yes the gown is open. In the back, of course. <laughs> you, where else would it be open? That's one thing you'll find on the show. Danny DeVito is like the gamest actor who ever lived. Like he will <laughs> he will do anything. I mean I mean there's I mean there's an episode where they're afraid I think of the flu. Like, oh, they're, no. they quarantine themselves because of the flu. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the episode, uh, Danny DeVito has been revealed to have shaved off all of his hair, his his head, his eyebrows, and covered himself head to toe in hand sanitizer like a slug. Oh. And he's just, like, in his underwear, like, crawling on the ground going, <laughs> I just want to be pure. <laughs> like, he will do, he will do anything. I love that. I love Danny DeVito. He's amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, he then reveals, though, that he canceled Dennis and Dee's insurance policy over 20 years ago because he didn't want to carry that burden around. Uh, the oh. doctor, upon learning this, very harshly kicks them out of the hospital. Okay, but it really be like this, though. Um, watching this episode unfold, I'm like, yeah, this is a great, um, absurd, and caricaturized way of our li- of the American citizen's life. You know, it's bad. Yeah, it's like you don't have health insurance. I guess you know, f off. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so back at Charlie and Frank's apartment, they. Yeah, they they have they have they have an absolutely like abs- I, I, it is referred to by uh, by 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 Mac later on as the preposterous setup. Yes, the preposterous. Um, they live in this hotel. They, 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 it's basically a hotel room that they live in. It, it is an apartment, but it's one room, and they share a sofa bed just in the middle of the in the middle of the in the middle of the um in the middle in the middle of the room. Um, they just have a bunch of, like, stray cats that are in and out of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just crap piled up everywhere. Um, 
they have to you know there's so many there's so many cats outside just just meowing all night and and and, and making all kinds of noise that they have to wolf down like just like just like terrible food like just cat food and stuff to make themselves sick enough to go to sleep Ugh, i hate that <laughs> and uh sometimes charlie and frank will play a game called night crawlers where they where they get under their blankets and they wriggle around like worms I, they <laughs> never really explain what Nightcrawlers is, but they talk about playing Nightcrawlers all the time. Let's play Nightcrawlers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Mac and Charlie in Frank's apartment. Uh, Mac and Charlie are very upset upon learning about the lack of universal health care. <laughs> they previously mentioned that they've both been they they've both been slipping through the cracks of the healthcare system so thoroughly that they had no idea that money other than taxes was involved. Right. <laughs> I love Charlie. What is this like? Some kind of socialist country or some kind of communist dictatorship? I love that they specifically bring up socialism. I was I was laughing so <laughs> hard right there. Oh my god! I was like, <laughs> like the, the the degree to which they have no idea what they're talking about. Yes. Oh my God! Because you know, guys, universal healthcare is it's, socialism. It's socialism. It socialized is healthcare. Communism. <laughs> it, yes, it's called socialized <laughs> healthcare. Thank you. So it's just really funny that these they have these guys who are like, we really need to get on top of our health, and they have no idea how it works. Uh, so they begin looking for side jobs that will provide them with health insurance for when, as Mac puts it, disaster inevitably occurs. <laughs> and yes, disaster will inevitably occur. It actually has occurred already. Just five episodes ago, uh, Mac suffered pretty intense head trauma after purposefully plowing a car into a wall, thinking that it would instantly explode in an attempt to fake his and Charlie's deaths. Awesome. That was such a smart plan. <laughs> and, like, and like you know he like, tweaked himself real bad because um, he's bleeding from the ears after that. Ooh. <laughs> like he's... And and there's really no reason to think that he actually went to the hospital. No, I don't think he did. What, uh, clearly, they state, like, oh, I didn't even know how hospitals worked in this one. Uh, so Frank arrives at the apartment, still in his hospital gown. <laughs> still talking about his <laughs> ass breathing. <laughs> you keep saying that. I don't know what it means. <laughs> uh, so he arrives with this, this plastic grocery bag filled with just all kinds of different kinds of pills. Um, he starts taking all the pills in a row because he doesn't want to have to sift through the duds. Got to get healthy, real. Got to get healthy really fast. I don't so even he's... understand what sift through the duds means. <laughs> yes, and he just and he just starts taking pill after pill, like from different bottles, washing it down with a beer. By the mm -hmm. way, a, be a beer that was just open on the table. That was just about to mention that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they don't live a very clean lifestyle. Um, they they do most of their cooking either on a hot plate that Charlie keeps over on the, over in the corner um, or just on the radio. They just throw meat like on the oh. radio, to, radio to cook it. Jesus, that makes me so <laughs> sick to my stomach. It's oh, my so, God. It's so bad. Ew. So meanwhile, Dennis and Dee, are, they, they enter a gym to begin trying to live a healthier lifestyle. Yes, obviously. Dee just had a heart attack. She should not be anywhere near a gym. She shouldn't even be on her feet, really. <laughs> Because yeah, like it's it, it's it's revealed that she just had a little heart attack, and when you have a little heart attack, um, yeah, your your risk is way up, and they can just keep getting bigger. Yeah, it's just like a little precursor to the big one. So you have to really watch what you're doing. Yeah, uh, they start discussing their goals. Dennis wants to get that Jesus on the cross look because Jesus had like the best abs. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I, I love the implication too. Like their revisionist history that Jesus was the one who originated the phrase "no pain, no gain." <laughs> you know what he was talking about. <laughs> Once they started getting into the blasphemous talk, I was dying. Oh, 
the Jesus on the cross look. Oh my god. I love when he says like Jesus on the cross. He like kind of does, 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 the... does the arms. Jesus on the cross <laughs> look. <laughs> uh, so they begin to hop on treadmills, but decide that they're not ready. They didn't even they didn't even turn them on. Which uh, which they aren't. They definitely aren't ready. I mean I mean I mean I mean some of it is just their own willpower. But also D is wearing jeans. That's a bad time. You don't do that, guys. I, I'm not. I'm not like the biggest like fitness nut in the world, but I know <laughs> denim. Denim's not not a good time. Denim's not good for many activities. Any any kind of strenuous activity. Mm-hmm. Like you probably shouldn't be wearing jeans. If you're swimming, you're sinking. Mm-hmm. If you're exercising, you are chafing. And and don't get me wrong. I love I love my denim. Yeah, de- denim's denim, great. denim denim pants are, are are where I live. But yeah, you need to. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely need to take those. You need to, you definitely need to take those off. Don't live in your jeans. Yeah. Uh. So they decide to head out and do a little more prep work before they start the fitness. They they've been noticing sh- um, people utilizing shakes and powders. <laughs> we should probably look into that. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's get into that. Let's see what that's all about first. So as this goes on, Mac and Charlie are now being interviewed for an office job. Yes. N office job and they're sharing a resume <laughs> it's written on it's a written on yellow paper notepad paper uh, um it's like a, yeah like they're they're um, <laughs> they're the the the, the 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 guy who's interviewing them who actually goes on to become another recurring character on the show he is uh there's this there's this fancy italian restaurant that they go to called Gugino, Gugino's, I think. Um, and he is a waiter there, that whose life they make a living hell. I love it. Uh, but yeah, for, for now, he is the, the HR, an HR or personnel, I don't know sure exactly who he is, at, at this at this, uh, undis, this this undisclosed, unspecified sales office. I don't know what they're selling, doesn't really matter. Corporate business place. Yes, exactly. There, there's, there's actually an episode where um, I think Frank goes back to the, the, the big corporation that he started. And, and like, and like, and like they're, Charlie's like asking him, so like, what, what do we do? We make money. No, I mean like, what do we create? Wealth. Oh my God. <laughs> There's absolutely no idea. And then later I was like, no, Charlie, you, you don't really fit into this world because you're talking about making and producing things. We don't, we don't care about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is how the bourgeoisie really get by. Yeah. Uh, so he's like reading from the resume. Um, for several years, I've been in complete charge of pretty much everything in my life. <laughs> Oh my god! That's, that was the way of putting management, and, I, and then I think uh, Charlie's like, "Well, it's pretty much everything. I, there's there's certain things you just can't have control of, sir." Which I, I had no idea what he was talking about. And then Ma- and then Mac Mac interjects. Um, I think you'll find that we lack in formal education. We more than make up for in street smarts. Okay, so we can wheel, we can deal, we can oversee hostile takeovers, whatever you need, bud. <laughs> it's so great. They're just like getting ready to stage a mutiny. Literally, they they think they're, they're I don't know I I don't know what they think the job they're applying for is, but yeah. And so the guy does the guy does imply to them that yes, guys, this is a mailroom gig. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to be doing any of this. Uh, Mac and Charlie though agree to share the job because he was very confused as to how this was going to work. Uh, they share the job and their minimum wage paycheck or government salary. That's a go- <laughs> that's a government salary right there. That's how Charlie puts it. <laughs> is in order to get health insurance, of course. Totally unaware of the fact that you can't share an insurance policy as unconnected individuals. Right, you have to get married or be family or whatever. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I, I don't even understand how any of this was supposed to work. How is that even okay? <laughs> but, yeah, none of this was legal. I don't know what's going on. To begin, yeah. It's crazy. So later on, Dennis and Dee are now back at the gym, uh, re-outfitted and uh, egregiously abusing the supplements they bought. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, 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 they're just like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually running pretty high on whatever this, whatever stack. Um, but sure, I'll take some protein powder too. And he takes a big handful of protein powder uh, and just eats it raw. So gross. <laughs> I'm like sick to my stomach it's thinking bad. about it. 
Uh, so they decide they're going to take a spin class. Dennis, though, is not feeling the instructor's music and uh, decides to go get a Steve Winwood CD from the car. <laughs> I, I, just, just, just a quick side note. I love that Dennis loves Steve Winwood because um, we don't really we haven't really gotten into this point yet. But uh, as the show goes on, um, Dennis gets way more stalkery and way more like serial killery. Yes. That as, much as, I know. As as it goes on, and as the show and, and and as the show progresses, like it's kind of revealed that he has this really he has this real this penchant for like eighties eighties soft rock specifically, very um, very much like uh, Patrick Bateman, Bateman of American Psycho fame. He loves his Phil Collins. He loves his Huey Lewis in the news. Um, and... Okay, but Phil Collins slaps. No, oh, he does. I, I, I got no problem with Phil Collins, but it's just a very specific kind of music that American Psycho has kind of like That's has funny. kind of like it's been it's been co opted by serial killer culture. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> there could be a serial killer right next to you. <laughs> uh, D also uh, discloses after a few minutes that she just had a heart attack. The instructor is horrified by this, and uh, through a combination of D's physical state. Dennis's intrusive behavior is like rifling through his music, so going through his going through going through his going through his CD book, which really dates the episode, by the way. Yeah, the fact I, that he has a CD book at all. I saw CDs and I was like, "Wait, how old is this?" <laughs> and the fact that uh, they insulted him for dressing like a bumblebee. He's uh, he's wearing like yellow. This it's is like just, a, this is like a gold's gym or something. I think. It's, yeah, it's just a yellow shirt, a yellow uniform <laughs> it's shirt, just like a bumblebee. Yeah. So they leave the gym and decide that, you know what, the supplements are doing their jobs just fine. You know, I'm feeling good. My heart rate's up. Look, look how vascular I am. Oh my my veins are all, my veins are popping like crazy. Really? That, he, he, that means he's dehydrated, guys. <laughs> yes, exactly. If your veins are popping out, you're dehydrated. Uh, D reveals that she has explosive diarrhea, which <laughs> is flushing out all the toxins. That, that's, that, that's what Dennis says. And Dennis hasn't pooped in days, which is fine because that means that his body is working at 100% efficiency and absorbing all the nutrients. Absolutely no waste. I, I love how ignorant they are. The fact that somehow to them, both these things can be true at the same time. The justification, <laughs> the mental gymnastics these people do is beyond me. I love and, it. And the fact that these two things cancel each other out. like <laughs> they, they cannot both be true. <laughs> but they both accept it. It's so crazy. So they continue this conversation as they walk back into the gym to uh, replace the spin instructor's dance mix with uh, what I assume, we never see the cover or anything. I assume it is Steve Winwood's uh, album, Back in the High Life. That's a gift for you, Bumblebee man. <laughs> and decide uh, and, and then decide to go work on the most important muscles of all, their faces. Yes. I love that little dance that Dennis does as he leaves. He's like holding the door with one hand and he does this little like, this little, like, this little, little thing to... Um, he does a little dance to um, um, Steve Winwood's Higher Love. Uh, shout out, by the way, to one of my favorite driving songs in GTA Five. Thank um, you. As he leaves the class. Oh, God, every time I hear that song, I just go back to, to thinking about GTA Five. That's the that's the thing. That, 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 that's where I heard that song for the first time, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, this this is a great song. I've heard it before that, but not that was the first time I'd actually like listened to it and experienced it. I'm like, oh no, this is a jam. This is really good. That, yeah. that one, that one, and uh, back in the, the actual song, the the, t- the title. Track from that album back in the high life uh which oh. you'll which you'll hear in there's a, there's uh there's an episode of it's always there's an episode of the show called the gang buys a boat oh great that's a really great one <laughs> um so back at the office uh charlie has gone all in on his mailroom job and begun to get very very high strung mm-hmm. he's he's his 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 voice has gone even higher than usual <laughs> he's 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 like he's got the, all these like all these like rhymes and mnemonic devices to remember all these Mr. White, whose wife is not so bright. You know, yeah. he's got these, he's got these like mnemonic devices to remember everybody's, everybody's um, everybody's uh, names. Uh, while Mac is trying to figure out ways to get ahead in the company, 
they find that Johnson, one of the company's salesmen, is out for the week. And uh, he decides to take over Johnson's office until he gets back, banking on the inevitability that, as in the film, I've I, I never seen Secret of My Success, so I don't know if this is actually what happens in it. I, I don't either. I don't trust. I, I don't trust anything the gang says. I don't so either. I, so, I, yeah, I, I, I know Michael J. Fox is in that movie. That is it. That's all. Hmm. And, okay. And Dave Albao is in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um... But that's but that's um but yeah the inevitability that he will think of a genius idea that'll save the company millions and force the company to to promote him, and um, Charlie is Charlie is um, skeptical of this. How's the movie end, dude? And yeah, and and, and, and they they kind of mention oh, and they put one song from the eighties, Dave Albo. Dave Albo, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what's Dave Albo? <laughs> and they start yeah. By by the way, everybody, this is the song. Uh, Cameron's dad's car from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There you go. I don't feel like singing today. <laughs> no, don't. No, I, I don't either. I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do it. Just look it up. It's called um, Oh Yeah by Yellow. Great song, by the way. Really, really fun song. But The fact that they call it Day Bow But they call it Day Bow Bow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as this happens, we finally catch up with Frank, whose uh, medicinal cocktail has begun to kick in. Um, he is now wandering the streets without pants and beginning to look really disturbed. He's... <laughs> He's just a lost, a lost, a lost lamb. Like yeah, they 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 made a good choice like having to take his glasses off because he looks like he looks like really helpless and adorable. Like, yeah. Like a dog. Yeah. I feel like they gave they gave him glasses that made his eyes look bigger, mm-hmm. like like more childlike, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we rejoin Mac and Charlie after this. Uh, this time in the mail room where we see why Charlie is so stressed. Mail is being is being tossed down through pipes for Charlie to sort through. Mac's supposed to be there helping him, but he's too busy doing whatever it is he's doing up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's employing, and, and but, but but it's cool because Charlie has this has a system. So first, the least important mail, he burns that. If it's important, I'll send it again. I hate it. <laughs> um, he re he readdresses the middle important stuff to himself, which apparently buys him a couple of days, and he delivers the most important stuff. Although he does admit that most of that <laughs> ends up getting burned I... too. <laughs> what? How? How is no? And yeah, and, and 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 like he really does not seem to care where the mail's going. He, no. Like one of them, he like throws right in Max's face. It just falls on the ground. He's just like he's just like hucking mail in like a in like a in like a in like a circle. He's just throwing it everywhere. <laughs> There's just piles all over the all over the place. It's it's very it it, it hurt me to look at it. It's very right. disorganized. Yeah, I hated it. It hurt my eyes. Uh, Mac is beginning to feel a little bit stressed too. The shark tank up there, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the two of them are pounding coffee and chain-smoking cigarettes to calm themselves. <laughs> uh, also, then we see a police officer brings Frank to a mental hospital. Uh, the, the officer warns the nurse, be careful, I think he crapped himself. <laughs> and she's like, oh my. <laughs> First of all, I just want to, I, I really want to give a shout out. I love the hospital scenes. Uh, obviously, which they're, they're an homage to uh, Milos Forman's classic, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Cuckoo's Nest, which actually, let me start that over. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love the hospital scenes. They're an homage to Milos Forman's classic uh, 1975 film, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, which Danny DeVito was actually in. Um, I actually learned today that was his first feature film. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's that's a funny throwback then. Mm-hmm. I love I mean, that. I mean, I mean, get back to the cuckoo's nest thing <laughs> later on. Um, so at the office again, uh, Mac answers Johnson's phone for God knows what reason. Oh, my goodness. It turns out to be Johnson himself calling to check his voicemail. And now he wants to know who is this? Who's in my office? It's the new guy. I'm Mac. I'm the new guy. <laughs> what are you doing in my office? Sir, just just give me your name. I just need your name. Um. Uh. He just hangs up the phone. <laughs> God, it's so awkward. 
It's horrible. This this show makes me feel so awkward in all kinds of painful ways. <laughs> so Dennis and Dee are back at uh, are back at uh, one of their apartments, and I'm, I, I I actually don't really remember whose. Uh, they've bought a Botox kit, home Botox kit, um, and are preparing to self administer the treatments. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Dennis's plastic surgery blueprint that he has like drawn all over his face. He has <laughs> he has big plans for these injections. Because I'm fairly certain that's all you get in a Botox kit is just like the vials and 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 like probably a couple of syringes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he has like, most of his face all marked up. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, he's got. Like, he wants to like rearrange his forehead, rearrange the cheekbones. Like, well, it's it's like it's like it's like in a circle. He wants to like ro- It's like he wants to take the skin and like rotate it. Yes, I'd like to rearrange my forehead skin, please. <laughs> it's so crazy. Uh, the instructions for this are in Spanish, which Dee admits she can't read. Um, I, I, I like the kind of the, the kind of like circle conversation, the like circular conversation they have for a second there, because he's like, "Well, I mean, if you know, if you know Latin, you know, like like three languages." Well, I wasn't a to speak Latin. Well, I don't, but there's pictures, so it's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> as long as you have the pictures, you're good. You can do anything. He wants to. So you're good with the pictures, right? <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine." So she injects Dennis with something near his eye, mm-hmm. which after a minute starts to swell up. He says, "I'm, I'm feeling a fair bit of pain." coming on it's really, it really stings that's normal right i don't think so <laughs> mm-mm. and so she then so she's looking at the she's looking at the vials and uh turns out uh she switched them up <laughs> which leads to one of my favorite it's always saying philadelphia lines there's really there really isn't any organic venue <laughs> to quote this line no but the way dennis the, the, the way glenn howerton delivers this is, is, is excellent he's like you injected mexican college into my eye <laughs> Glenn Howerton yelling never gets old for me. It's great. It's he's, a good yell. When he get, when like like later on in the show, he starts to get like these really intense anger <laughs> issues, and he starts to get like really super like super like extra arch. Like he'll he'll, he'll kind of like turn into like Fury of the Gods. Jeez. Kind of thing. There's 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 this there's there's this episode where he's like screaming at this one guy like I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. Like, yeah, that like, sounds. I right. will come down in this hospital like the hammer of Thor. He's just like. <laughs> He's getting more and more unhinged as as the seasons go on. All right, got it. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets crazy. There's, there, there's an episode where Mac and Dennis move to the suburbs, and he gets like road rage. Oh no! It's so good. It's so good. Um, I could I could I could talk about Dennis being angry all day, but let's move on. <laughs> uh, Dennis begins to panic, as one would that because he's losing sight in the swollen eye, mm-hmm. and Dee starts to feel a pain in her chest. Yeah, she's freaking out a little bit. Um, back at the back at the mental hospital, it's medication time, and Frank gets more pills. <laughs> I'm assuming it's just sedatives too. Like, and and uh, we're quickly introduced to a man, a a, a a man known only as Chief. Yeah. Um, I had comments about that. Not many. I just, I well, not comments, but I just thought, okay, that's interesting that they would get the person of color and be like, oh, hey, Chief. And it's just like, is that because you're stereotyping him as a Native American or what? Same thing at the end that's, of it. That's about what it was. But it wasn't It wasn't specifically them who did that. This was another uh, Cuckoo's Nest um, <gasps> uh, reference. Um, the, the, the main character of the, of the um, I, think, I, think, I think the, I think the, uh, the movie focuses a little more on uh, Jack Nicholson's character, uh, Randall McMurphy. Mm-hmm. But um, the book, the original book that Cuckoo's Nest is based on, um, it's from the point of view of Chief. Who is yeah? He's a he's a yeah oh, he's wow. a he's a yeah Native American guy who is um who yeah he, he's he, he basically basically he's learned to survive in this because 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 that's kind of what that what that what that story is about is just kind of the the 
really impersonal and inhuman system of like dealing with mental health Mm -hmm. especially around that time and um yeah and 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 so and so um he's he's kind of survived by just by just keeping quiet and observing and the book is from his point of view so we see all these people but he doesn't really talk all that much okay so chief chief is just yeah so so yeah that, that, that that one that one i think i think that one is off of the Always sunny writer's writer's plate. That was a that was I, a thing in the uh, that was a thing from the original story. I appreciate that because I didn't read the the story, so thank you. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's around in the movie, but yeah, it, the more focus is put on him because he's he's because he's he's honestly treated more as like a device in the book. Like he mm. he does he does have like an internal monologue, and we learn a little bit about his past in the book. But a lot of it's just he is the person through whose eyes we are mm. seeing the we're seeing you know Randall McMurphy's um you know college movie antics, <laughs> right. Okay, He's like cool. throwing parties in the in the in the in the sleeping wing and stuff like that. Could you imagine? Yeah, that's a uh, great movie, by the way. Great movie, great book. I love Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> so things are getting worse at Mac and Charlie's office. Uh, Mac is sure that they're on to him because how could they not be? They're not this doing r- their job. This random guy just showed up and is using somebody's office who's on vacation. I have to imagine. Yeah, they're gonna be like, "What are you doing? Who are you?" That's just not gonna fly by anybody. <laughs> And uh, Charlie, though, uh, we're getting to like an absolutely iconic Always Sunny moment here. Um, Charlie is positive that he has stumbled on a major (laughs) conspiracy in the company. This company's being bled like a stuck pig, Mac, and I got the paper trail to prove it. (laughs) I hate him. I love him. I hate him. Uh, So he's been getting a lot of mail recently for someone named Pepe Silvia, and he decides that it's of vital importance to get Pepe his mail. I, I just like I said, how is the like what, what, how does mine get here? It's like yeah, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta get this guy's mail. Yeah. It's like yeah, you should be getting everybody their everybody your everybody their mail. But this guy specifically. This guy specifically, gotta get. He's got boxes full of Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's unable though to find Pepe Sylvia, so he assumes that naturally he doesn't exist. Oh my god. So he goes. So he marches himself downstairs to go talk to Carol in HR. I love that. Every time we hear the name Carol, so I go and I knock on her door and I say, "Carol, <laughs> Carol." <laughs> and uh, when he goes into whatever this office is, he finds that there's no there's no desk. There is no Carol from HR. She doesn't exist either. Um, and the way he puts this is that this company is a ghost town. None of these people work. These are all shelves. But there's clearly people working there's there. There's many people working in this company. <laughs> um, and he's and, and he also revealed that he's been put onto all of this by his friend Barney, who is like this very like this like 1940s looking guy uh, smoking a cigarette. Um, and and Max like, who are you talking to? What you don't see Barney? And Barney's gone now. It's a figment of his he imagination. He 100% hallucinated Barney. Yes. And it's funny because, like, yeah, there's actually, they actually had an actor come and play Barney. Barney is physically there. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, like, well yeah. In, in, yeah in, in, in our reality, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, we, like, we actually see Barney and then Barney's just suddenly gone. Like, they, yeah. they, they had Barney show up for, like, one scene. A, a single one frame. Shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mac assures him that not only do all these people exist, but they're all getting very upset because they need their mail. Mm-hmm. He's very concerned that they're about to be fired. But it's fine. That's that's not going to happen because they've already been fired. Three days ago, in fact. <laughs> yeah, three days ago, in fact. Got two pink slips in the mail. One for you, one for me. You know what I did? I mailed them halfway to Siberia. 
So they've lost their jobs, and they've actually been trespassing on company property for for multiple days now because they have they have they haven't gotten the pink slips. That's true. Yeah. Um, and uh, they have now lost their apparently joint health insurance policy, which they probably didn't have to begin with. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, Mac is now having a panic attack. <laughs> Charlie is like, hey, drink, drink, some drink, drink more coffee. Have some more cigarettes. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> So the the whole the whole remainder of the gang, the majority of the gang, um, all without insurance. Um, wonder where Frank is as they convene at the free clinic where they've been waiting a very long time to see a doctor. They're all they're all they're all just in a line. Just Charlie, Charlie's Charlie's like I'm I'm assuming he's like dehydrated and he's Something. like totally like hallucinating. So mm-hmm. he's gonna see a doctor. Max had a panic. Uh, Max had a panic attack. D is at least on the verge of another heart attack. Dennis is going blind in one eye because <laughs> there's a foreign substance. <laughs> In his body. <laughs> it's just a disaster. It's horrible, yeah. Uh, Frank, as it turns out, obviously is still at the, at the mental hospital. Finally having snapped out of his drug stupor in like the wee hours of the morning. Yeah. Um, in another homage to One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, they basically just kind of do an approximation of the ending of that movie. He convinces Chief, who is the only other person awake, being the, the charming human being, is, um, he is refers to him as Tonto. Oh my god, I was like, I was like, Tonto? Wait, like I, I thought he was using a Spanish word, but so I googled it, and it turns out it's a it's a reference to Tonto. Yes, and, and, the, yeah, the Lone Ranger's partner, very unfortunately played by Johnny Depp in the Disney movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so he convinces him to pick up a water fountain and throw it through the window. You know, I really thought Danny DeVito was going to, or Frank, sorry. Every time I see Danny DeVito, it's it, he's never his character. He's just Danny DeVito to me. Honestly. But I, he looked like he was going to get that fountain. Like, it was moving. It, he, I he thought he was going to get yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah, so Chief, Chief helps him. And I get he very vaguely helps him throw it through the... I, I, always, I always love how he kind of he kind of puts his hand on, on the thing as they have it through the window. See <laughs> <laughs> so how he he just like jumps over the jumps over the over the over the over the broken window oh and he. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. and he's like, "Come on, let's get the hell out of here!" And she just, he's just she's standing like, I'm, there. I I'm here for mental health help. I. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to leave. Yeah, you. Because it's it's not it's not it's not the old days anymore. Like they're not they're not like handing out lobotomies left and right. Like they're they used not going to gonna electroshock you until you yeah, have no like, memory. I need help. I got nowhere else to go. Where am I going to go? So he mm-hmm. just so 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 chief stays behind. Yeah. And um yeah so and then the episode ends as Frank makes his dramatic and triumphant <laughs> escape to the strains of the ending theme from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's what that was. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was the yeah, the, yeah that, 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 that the song plays over the ending, and it's <laughs> the attention to detail is pretty amazing. I love that. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, just, yeah I, 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 I need to watch that movie. Every time I watch Sweetie Has a Heart Attack, I'm always like, I need to watch Cuckoo's Nest again. That yeah. amazing. Oh man. All right, so that will do it for Sweetie Has a Heart Attack. It actually was one. Of, it, strangely, it's one of like the least dark episodes, and it actually is the, It actually is an episode where the gang is probably punished more than they usually are. Hmm. They actually all end up in a pretty bad place at the end of the episode. Yeah, they do, huh? And they didn't even do anything horrendous to anybody. Not really. It was more just to themselves. Exactly. <laughs> That's the funny bit right there. So, Leo, how did this hold up for you? So I didn't. I I obviously don't have as much to say about this as you do. Um, 
I haven't watched It's Always Sunny in years, and this was kind of like the perfect episode to get right back into it. Um, it's just a regular uh, It's Always Sunny episode, but um, in this one, I feel like they really care. Like I said earlier, they caricaturize the American citizen's plight with, you know, getting work and health care uh, or health insurance, I should say. And they kind of just went all out with it. They just kept going. Um, I love that kind of absurdity. Uh, Danny DeVito, always amazing and hilarious, always delivers as as you've even he's, reiterated. He's, he's excellent, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four out of five, minus a star for the Native American stereotyping at the very end with the Tonto yeah. calling. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's fair, but that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I, I it was funny. Yeah, I love it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I discovered this show in high school. Um, strangely enough, I, um, I I actually originally discovered it on um, Comedy Central. Oh yeah, that, that makes was, sense. That was the one where they. That was the one that, and, 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 and that's obviously basic cable. This is this is uh, this is this is uh, premium cable. Um, so I so they so they're a little bit more stringent with their censorship on there. So uh, a lot of stuff would get um, a lot a, a lot of stuff would get would get bleeped out. They're very they're very um, they're very they're very they're very they're very fond in the show of of the phrase "God damn it." <laughs> And so yeah, I actually didn't. I, I, I that, that was actually the show where I learned that in God damn it, God gets bleaked out and oh. not damn. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. It's so weird. Yeah, and there's an, there's an episode two. Um, I, I don't think I really need to repeat exactly what it said, but there is like a there's like a there's like a there's like a um, there's like there's like there's like some dirty language on Max's shirt, and in the Comedy Central version, the entire episode, he's just walking around with a blur across his chest. <laughs> it's, it's like honestly, it's way funnier. I love that. But yeah, eventually, eventually, I died. eventually I started watching it on streaming and on FX, and I started to actually uh, get more out of like what the show actually is. And honestly, with the show, you need the swearing. Yeah, it's it's that type of show that is best with the the swearing. The swearing mm-hmm. is part of the because their language is foul. Mm-hmm. The the quotes that I had in here are not. Yeah, they were purposefully cherry picked. Funny stuff, but not as funny as when they're swearing. Yeah. Um, it's a, yeah. It's always sunny is a perfect Venn diagram between dark and deadpan humor. Just because the, I mean, I mean, yes, it's goofy and it's loud, but it's deadpan in that it doesn't always let you in on the joke that you know this whole show is the joke. This is like that we're we're making fun of these people without actually outwardly saying that we're making fun of these people. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's deadpan in that way. And other than South Park, there really is no other show that does cautionary tales about the ills of society, especially American society, as well as this one. Yeah, this one was handling it quite well, especially really in this yeah. episode. Uh, it warns us about bad behavior and ignorance by just letting it play out in front of us <laughs> without winking. Um, I chose this particular episode because it doesn't get too deep into its controversial societal issues as a lot, which the show does pretty often. You know, they they get into stuff like I mean, the first episode of the show is called "The Gang Gets Racist." Thank you. I was gonna mention that, but you <laughs> said it for me. <laughs> uh, but in, yeah, and as the show goes on, we get into underage drinking, we get into abortion, we get into trans rights, we get into political corruption, we get into blackface in the movies. Mm. This show is one of the most aggressive and confrontational I have ever seen. It takes such huge swings and chances. They don't always pan out, but they take such huge chances. Like, they are not afraid to, like, really make themselves look bad by getting into stuff. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's one of those, yeah, aggressive and confrontational I've ever seen, and it goes all over the political landscape, all over the place. Uh, this episode, I think, is a pretty good entry point. It's dark without being too dark, and it serves as a good introduction to the characters without having to 
make too many adjustments to you know the 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 show's dark sensibilities. I hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, I would. I I, I personally, I I, I I get where you're coming from with the stereotyping at the end. But honestly, I would say that's like one of like the least bad things that's I've ever the, said. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, abs- no. I trust me. I get it. <laughs> I know how bad it's always sunny gets. Um, that was literally the only thing I think that was like, oh, I see you're doing that. But that was it. Yeah. I, I personally give it a five out of five. I think yeah. it's just like really. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite shows. And uh, yeah, I think that will, quicker than I thought, actually, that will do it for uh, this episode of Rerun Shuffle. Heck yeah. Um, if you like what you just heard, uh, make sure to tell your friends and or leave us a rating and review wherever you found it to help us spread the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out our website, uh, viewpointsonline.org, and you can find us on Facebook at Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. And that's all in addition to if you're in the Riverside area or on the RCC campus, you can, and honestly, I don't think anyone's going to like stop you. If you come to the Riverside campus to pick up one of our newspapers, I don't think any... It's a public property. Yeah, and there's not that many campus police around. They're not going to kick you out. Yeah. People be walking onto the campus all the time. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares. So come get a paper. Do it. (laughs) Come get a paper. Or go to the Riverside, local Riverside City Libraries. There's that too. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, do a trespass. I'm like, so yeah, trespass. (laughs) Two crimes. Uh, but yes. Um, and if you want to find us personally, uh, Leo, where can they find you? Y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. That is Chupacabra with an L and an underscore at the end, all lowercase. Um, where can they find you, Tim? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NACTim. That is spelled N-A-C-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that'll do it for this week on Rerun Shuffle. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.